Holy One. You called us into the sacred work of forgiveness. May our minds and our hearts be open to the possibility that we can forgive everyone for everything. For in the doing, thy will will be done. And thy kingdom will indeed come. In an attitude and space of forgiveness, we pray. Amen. Well, you probably noticed that we are not robed today. I asked Troy if we could shed them just for today because I needed to be just me today. I, I didn't want to be one of your pastors. I needed to be me. Sometimes, and for some people, I, I believe our robes can be as much a hindrance as it is a help in receiving a word from God. And today, I needed to be grounded as myself. I believe that it's important when we ask you to do spiritually transformative work that we show up as ourselves and journey with you through the transformation. Because forgiveness is transformative work. Forgiveness is sacred work. It's a work that leads to a lot of prayer work, and I thank GE for asking all to pray for each other. Because journeying in forgiveness, it takes a great deal of prayer because forgiveness is incredibly difficult work. In April, as we met, uh, that was Mark Brown, Troy, and I, to plan out worship for the next 12 months, Troy asked me what was going to be in the programming calendar for this time because we're trying to have some synergy around what we offer on Sunday afternoons and Wednesday nights with what happens here on Sunday mornings during this spiritual uplift. I shared that I had selected and we would be engaging in Ayamland Vanzant's 21 Days of Forgiveness to forgiveness, 21 days to forgive everyone for everything. Uh, during our Wednesday night evenings. I wanted to offer us an opportunity to practice some skills before we took to the road or took to the skies before we went to visit our families over the holidays. <laughs> or not visit our families over the holidays. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'd scanned through the book. I, I, I thought what I, I saw was going to be something that would be easily adaptable for us and would uh, be of benefit for us. I liked what I had read. Van Zant says in the book, forgiveness means eliminating the excess mental and emotional weight that keeps us stuck in repetitive situations, circumstances, and experiences that are not healthy or productive. The way to practice forgiveness, she says, is by releasing the past and restoring ourselves to the present moment. Sounded like a pretty good fit for a pre-holiday spiritual formation to me. So, we now engage the work. 
So we fast forward from April to September, and that's when I came back to the book and I began to look through it and prepare it for um, us having it during the month of November. So I began reading the introduction, that, that's what sold me on the book. And then I got into the spiritual practice itself. And then as I began to do the work, I said, oh, my. <laughs> um, hmm. Okay. She, she's asking us to do some heavy lifting in, in this. She wants us to do some sacred work. Oh, my, oh, my. What have I done? Uh, I don't know if this is going to work for us. But then I went further into it. And I realized that if we engage this work, that it would be spiritually transformative. Not only for us individually, but for us as a congregation. So the question for us today is, why take the chance on forgiving? Ben Zant says, Forgiveness is the ultimate act of love. I'll say that again. Forgiveness is the ultimate lack, act of love. It's a choice to give away the hurt, the pain, and the memories attached to an experience or incident or upset. Forgiveness, she says, transcends the smallness of anger, judgment, and pain allowing the mind and the heart to rise to a place of a higher consciousness and into love. This quote actually made me think about Jesus' instructions in the Gospels. There are nine different instances in the Gospels in which Jesus asks us to forgive. And he says, forgive or you will not be forgiven. What I believe Jesus is saying to us is that when we don't forgive, God can't. Not that God won't, but that God can't forgive us because we are held captive by the past, by that hurt, by that wrong, by that incident, such that we can't receive God's forgiveness. The love that God wants to offer to us if we hold on to that hurt. We're not in a position to receive. I hear what you're saying. Well, Vicki, I don't know what I don't know about that. I don't know quite what you mean. This God can't forgive if we don't forgive in that manner. I mean that God knows exactly what happens and when forgiveness is withheld when we deem it unnecessary, when we reject forgiveness. God knows that in relationships, we accumulate hurts and grievances, which end up defining our relationships. What Jesus is trying to tell us, I, I believe, is that as long as the wrongs from the past define our present, the wrongs have the ability to close off the future. See, the term forgive literally means release. So to forgive is not to say that what has happened doesn't matter. 
Rather, it is to say that the wrongs that have occurred no longer define us within the relationship with the person who wronged us, who hurt us. Forgiveness or release means that there can be a different future. We don't have to be trapped or defined by our past. We have to get to the point of seeing ourselves as both givers and receivers of forgiveness, of release, of being forgiven. I believe that what Vinzant means when she says forgiveness is the ultimate act of love. It is a choice to stay in the hurt or to release it and to create a new present and in so doing a new future. In offering forgiveness, we receive forgiveness. Because once we receive the forgiveness God offers, as Vanzant says, we transcend. We move into a higher place. We move into God's love, which is much larger than the smallness of anger. And as we practice forgiving and forgiveness, we master the skill of releasing the hurt and are then in a position to extend forgiveness to ourselves. Now, forgiving does not mean that we continue doing the destructive patterns which we have been in or to stay in a relationship that is not healthy. It's not about turning a blind eye to what is going on. It is about letting go of an old way. Forgiveness or release is designed to bring change. It accomplishes its purpose when it opens us to the possibility of a different future, a release. Dr. King says that forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. And what I think he means by this is that it's not a once and done. It's a moment-by-moment -moment choice in our lives. If we live in forgiveness, if we live forgiven, Vendant says, forgiveness addresses how we think and feel about others and ourselves. She says that our thoughts are the lens through which we view our lives. Every feeling has an origin and a thought because each thought that we have creates an energy. She says, if we can remove the thought the underlying feeling will bubble to the surface. And that's why she is calling us in this 21 days to deal with our thoughts. Vincent's day one practice is I forgive myself. Day two is I forgive my body. Three is I forgive my feelings. Four is I forgive my mother, five, my father, 
Six is God. And after looking at all of the emotional triggers, words for how we process this spiritual transformation, I came to a realization. It took me until I got to day six to realize that she keeps circling back to forgiving ourselves. And what I learned in doing the work is that I still have a lot of forgiveness work to do for myself. I believe Benzot was brilliant when she began the practice of forgiveness with asking us to start to forgive ourselves because I believe it's what Jesus is trying to tell us, quite honestly, in the scripture, until forgiveness happens here. We can't go beyond the here. We can't offer it out in the world. We can't heal our relationships with others. And that is why forgiveness is soul work. It's sacred work. You see, I found it was easier to forgive and release the anger and heartbreak of my mother's need to continue smoking even though she has lung cancer. It was easier to forgive my father's betrayal of us as a family. It was easier to forgive the melancholy and loneliness and resentment I had for my brother for contracting and then dying of AIDS 26 years ago because I was dealing with grief and the heaviness of him leaving me here to care for my mother alone as she journeys through this illness. I even found it easier to forgive the betrayal of my own body because I live with lupus and I have to navigate a whole lot of things just to show up. But it was easier to forgive all of those things than it was to forgive me. And as I released and forgave, more memories came. Things I hadn't thought about in decades. Or things that I had no intention of dealing with because I had locked them away in the toxic storage bin deep within me. But the memories, they, they bubbled to the surface. Like the time I, times I were sexually, like the four times I was sexually assaulted before I lived my mother's house at 18. I'd suppressed the memories of the actions of these four family friends. Two young men whom I had grown up with and two upstanding pillars of my familial church. I realized I blamed me for what had happened. I blamed myself for not being strong enough to stop their hands or their mouths. I blamed 
myself, for the way my body changed and became a woman's body and drew their attention. I blamed myself at 14 for being curious about what it felt like to be kissed by a boy, but unable to stop it from being more than a kiss. I blamed myself at 16 for going over to a friend's house and not realizing in time that it was only her brother and I who were in the house. I blamed myself for getting on the back of a motorcycle and not really caring where I was going because he was my father's friend and I'd known him forever. I blamed me for getting to church late for a choir rehearsal and running into the bathroom and forgetting to lock the door. I blamed myself for not telling anyone or stopping them for possibly hurting anyone else until very recently. I'm doing the work. And I'm in the process of releasing the shame, the anger, the grief, the heart sickness, the resentment, the hurt, the betrayal, the failure, the exploitation, the embarrassment, the rage the disgrace, the confusion, and the weariness of it all. I have to keep repeating to myself in my head and in my heart, Vincent's mantra, I forgive, I am forgiving, I am forgiven, I am forgivable. I forgive. I am forgiving. I am forgiven. I am forgivable. I promise you I will get to my place of living in forgiveness for both myself and for those four men because of my desire to live life forgiven. So why take the chance to forgive? Because the only true way to create a more loving, productive, and fulfilling life is forgiving the past. Releasing the past restores our ability to live in the present moment. And only when we live in the present moment can we have a hope for a different future. So I, for us, my hope is that we all get to live forgiven. Amen.
Will you join me? Will you join me in the prayer that is in your worship folder? <clears throat> Precious creator of the universe of life, today I ask for and open myself to receive an outpouring of your mercy and grace. I ask that you open my mind so that I will know the truth. I ask that you open my heart so that I will experience the truth. I ask that you open my eyes so that I will see all the places within myself and within my life where I have been in doubt, denial, resistance, and avoidance of your presence. Because I know that you do not judge me. I ask you to allow me to feel, see, hear, think about, and know how I have dismissed, diminished, and judged you. Allow me to know and feel my connection to you. Help me to recognize my projections and to look within myself for all that I cast upon you. Move me beyond any and all shame or blame at their deepest root and Cause so that I will know the joy of being in intimate union with you. Teach me how to forgive you. Remind me that in your love, my safety and freedom reside. I rest in you. I let it be. And so it is. Amen. <clears throat> 